And welcome to the Dice and Screaming Podcast. Ah! We're back to that, are we? <laughs> All right, well, fine. A fine, more, fine, fine, fine. A see. more traditional screen. Yes, a more traditional screen. Yes, but, uh, well, you can expect no less from the podcast. Gaming podcast is akin to Sovereign Glue. <laughs> That's right. You're stuck with this. That's not coming off without an axe. <laughs> uh, you're... You're stuck now. <laughs> Good luck getting that off. Yeah, well, yeah, so, uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I'm well, glad. that escalated quickly. Yeah, I, I'm glad nothing exciting happened while between podcasts. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> glad that's settled, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, nothing of interest took place this week. All right. Yeah, we're going to get to that. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about more OGL stuff. So, if you're sick and tired of hearing about it, well, good for you because we've got a treat for you because we're going to have two parts of this podcast. So, you can just skip ahead to the second episode where we're going to talk about Dungeon 23. But rather, the second episode, uh, you know, or second, say the second half, the second segment post uh, advertisement at the 30 minute mark. You can move directly to that if you are exceedingly weary of OGL talk. But I, I do want to get this in before we, we complete that disclaimer With and it. mention that, like, wizards, I, I have to tip my hat to them. Uh, you know, a little, little tip of the hat for accomplishing what no one has ever accomplished before. Finally, groups all over the country are about to try out that game their DM has been begging him to let them try <laughs> for like two years. You're like, come on, dudes. Like, I just got this. Like, it's third party. Like, you don't really know it. It's a little, like, couldn't we have a little change of pace? Nationwide. Okay. <laughs> let, let, let's, okay, we'll try the other game. <laughs> no, no one lone DM has ever been able to sway a dedicated party from, <laughs> but, but alas, at last. Wizards has made it possible. Yeah, and thank before, you. Before thank we you get so too much. far in there, I'm Randy. Hi, I'm Mike. All right, and we together are the collective Gestalt that forms the Dice Screaming Podcast. <laughs> the unholy union of oh, gaming yeah, podcasts. Yeah, the two half work bards specializing in armpit percussion. <laughs> That's us. Yeah, <laughs> the ogre oompa band of gaming podcasts. Yeah, that's what we are. So, welcome to it. This is your first time here. Yeah, we're going to be doing some talking about a subject because we've got a lot of brand new listeners. Yeah, thanks to everybody who's been checking out our podcast because uh, we've been trending quite a bit. So we appreciate all the people sending love our way as well as just tune in for the first time. Yeah. So hey. this disorganized mess is brought to you by listeners like you. <laughs> yeah, this, this landslide <laughs> of gaming chaos. Um, nope. <laughs> happy to be here once again yeah uh, and what an eventful week yeah so we're gonna just jump right into it so if you've been keeping up with us on facebook page our dice are screaming i've been trying to keep ahead of the news and it's been a struggle there's been a whole lot happening we've discovered <clears throat> some new friends out there the uh, roper combat uh youtube channel has been doing a remarkable job of keeping on top of this uh with Mike Seliker uh, from Paizo alumni fame. Also, Stephen Randon McFarling. I messed that name totally up. Uh, he, he's got a, a heck of a last uh, name there to chew on. But yeah, he knows who he is. Also, another Paizo alumni that uh, uh, has been also giving his thoughts and two cents worth. And uh, just other people, you know, 
Uh, Eric Tenkar, Tenkar's Tavern, has been uh, outing this as well, calling it out on the carpet for what it is, a bunch of malarkey and yeah. horse hockey. Uh, Mr. Mr. Tenkar is a long-standing acquaintance of ours uh, from, from the earliest, back into the misty depths of history, when our podcast first formed from the you know, like the chaotic dust of, of exploding stars. Um, <laughs> Mr. Tenkar was already there. Yeah. And we love him. The guy is a straight shooter. He, he does not get around. Right. And so he, he's he's basically put it into tone. And we've kind of just followed along with what's happening. So we're going to try to just basically uh, recap it real quick. And then we're going to get into some deep thoughts about it. Uh, Mike, you wrote a nice article on our uh, Facebook page. So make sure you guys check that out. Give it some love. It's on there. You were uh, very succinct, I think, in summarizing that at the end of this, when this dust all settles, no matter what happens, and it looks like we're headed for a good place now. But wizards, you need to listen to this part. If you're listening to the podcast out there, you need us. Yeah, we want to like you, but we don't need you. Okay, that's that's the the sum of, I think, gamer sentiment here, which is, you know, as long as you are useful to us, if you have a purpose to us we will be happy to make use of that that like we're willing to part with money in order to have lovely products totally understanding of that but if you're a millstone around our necks we will leave without you you will be left behind and you know i'd be i'd consider it a tragedy for it to have to happen again Uh, yeah which speaks of this is we've seen this happen before I feel like, again, Geralt of Rivera, I've lived through five apocalypses. Yeah. Ends of the world. I've seen this happen before, and it's <laughs> happening again now. <laughs> Everyone loses sight of what's happening and starts to run around panicking and screaming. A, I feel like Xander from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Like, I, I feel like it's odd that I have to know the plural for apocalypse. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so we've seen this before at the dawn of the GSL, the gaming system license that Same with don't speak Latin around the books. Oh yeah. And uh fourth edition was looming and it looked like they were going to try to invalidate the OGL. Which was <clears throat> those who have listened to my rants about my distaste for fourth edition have already heard my conspiratorial belief that it was mostly an attempt to get away from the OGL that made 3.0 and 3.5 such a success. Uh, But, you know, the fourth edition, despite their best efforts, did not blossom and become the large-scale event that they had hoped for, and eventually a fifth edition was needed, because when the spin-off company has bigger sales than, like, the title, the origin point company, you know, when, when Paizo was having robust Pathfinder sales that eclipsed D&D, there was kind of a candid moment of self-awareness there where they went, you know, we may have to move back in, in the direction of previous editions in order to draw people back in. And it worked. Fifth edition, I came back. Mm-hmm. You know, it tells you that my heart's in the right place. I'm not filled with blind hatred or hostility. You make something I like, I will show. But in that interim, a fourth edition coming oh, out, boy. and they were telling people, you're bad, wrong, fun, you're not <laughs> doing it right, you need 
to understand that third edition was a broken wreck and you should never play it. And you should play our new system, which is completely not a broken wreck and will never have any rules blow. <laughs> Paizo came out and said, which they were uh, uh, being uh, hot off of being laid off by publishing uh, Dragon and Dungeon Magazine. Yeah. And they said, hey, we're going to make a 3.75 system. Who's here with us? And boy, did everybody answer in force. Now, I thought that would have taught a lesson to all those corporate pinheads up at uh, Wizards and Hasbro. Hey, don't mess with the goose that lays the golden eggs. You had a nice thing going. It's fine you wanted to have a new edition, but don't try to force everybody into it. And they ended up creating a competitor. Now, was Paizo uh, a direct market threat? No. They were not going to over eclipse or overtake D&D anytime soon. When 4th edition started to wane a little bit, yes, the sales numbers of Pathfinder uh, and Paizo were pretty strong, and it carried them uh, to number one slot for a little bit. But then they announced uh, Wizards of the Coast, as Mike said. They announced the 5th edition, a lot of people came back because it seemed like they were on the up and up. And hey, they let people on board. All sorts of third-party publishers jumped onto this. It was no restrictive license, just use the OGL. We're happy to have you back. You know, yeah. let's spread the game. And even Paizo recognized that. And and I honestly attribute this to the influence of Hasbro over the boardrooms at WOTC, which it was the Hasbro executive that had been uttering the term under monetization of the brand. Well, right, but let's get... Well, so the corporate culture seems to have been pushing them to, like, you need to get in front of this, and here's what we think you should do. Uh, and there's a rift even inside right, WOTC regarding this. A lot of the internal right. staff are not pleased with the decisions that have been made. Uh, they do not think the boardroom crowd are in touch with the gaming crowd. So that's. But I think we're getting still yeah, a little we're, too we're far. We're getting a little fifth, too far ahead. Fifth, ahead. fifth edition did really well, and look, it's enjoyed enormous success. And I submit to you, would you I have would. had Stranger Things being able to use Demogorgon and Vecna as easily as they would have, if not the gaming license being a little open, the field being open, not just the gaming license, and also not just the pop culture references, but also many people doing things. The OSR, the various diversity of systems and ideas that were able to blossom and grow. And Critical Role is not alone in being right. like a, a gaming, uh, you know, streaming cast that, you know, depicts actual gamers gaming. Uh, there are a, there is a plenitude of such oh, yeah. entities out there right now uh, doing it, having fun. And yes, Many of them are making some money at it. In the case of Critical Role, obviously a lot. But this cultural phenom and the additional attention and the new players that come with it could not have prospered in a different environment, in a more restrictive environment and where it, no one was allowed to do that or it cost them money to do that. People simply would not have done it in the first place. Mm. So like the success that you are reaping is owed to that openness and well, you know, <laughs> you've gone and shot that right to hell. And they went ahead and ruined that. But also, the the way that these other voices, the OSR, Critical Role, and other companies, Paizo, Cobalt Press, they grew the game. They expanded the reach and scope of this edition. They showed what was possible. Other systems and other creators flourished under this. And then 
as you said, the monetization of this whole thing came crashing down. They said, oh, well, the greatest, biggest problem with our uh, D&D license is that we're under monetized. We're not doing it right. We're not getting enough money. They're looking at Critical Role making all this money and they're losing money. And well, the culmination of that was Gaming License 1.1. Now we covered a lot of that in the previous, but we're just going to pick it up right now. Yeah, this where it stands. It, it is reminiscent to me of the brief craze at the end of the 90s, early 2000s, in which uh, you may recall music publishers and lawyers for music publishers insisting almost constantly that online piracy was destroying the business of music and that that was why like sales were down. It had nothing, of course, to do with the mass mergers of major publishers of music. Uh, and, you know, labels, uh, and the complete destruction of whole catalogs of artists who were simply booted. Like, we, we no longer publish anything by those artists. Uh, the contention at the time was that it was online piracy that had destroyed their profits, not the fact that they had chased off almost all of the working artists, except for the top 20 stuff that was still on the Billboard charts. Uh, which, for my well, money, was right, crap but, at the time. So, so <laughs> this is like, yeah, I, I can tell you why I'm not buying any albums. Everything you put out sucks now. I, that that's your problem. Uh, pick some music that doesn't suck, publish that, and I will go listen to it. But further, they then proceeded to demonize at every opportunity everybody who was making use of any kind of IP uh, via the internet, uh, and even got artists like. Metallica to complain that you know, like people are just totally robbing us. Their lawyers told them that they were being robbed. Uh, that was a lie. <laughs> uh, you cannot get blood from a turnip. There are people who will get stuff for free online that will never, ever, ever, for any reason, no matter what you do, they will never, ever give you their money. Now, fast forward. Well, yeah, this, now this is where we're going to land yeah, that we analogy this here. Too. Mentality of like, you're taking our money. No, it's our money, and we were never going to give it to you. Well, in any the case. proof of this is leaked in a letter from a Wizard of, Co Wizards of the Coast uh, employee, and it's been verified and vetted by uh, several people. Uh, this was sent to various community leaders. But it also, we want to take a moment out here. If you're doing anything about. Uh, hating on Wizards of the Coast, canceling your D&D Beyond subscriptions, good on you. You know, keep up the pressure, but be polite about it. Because remember, a lot of the people answering the phones and looking through these emails are not responsible for this bonehead decision, this buster club. And this shows who it is. The person starts here, I'm just going to read this. Hi, I'm an employee at Wizards of the Coast, currently working on D&D Beyond and with D&D business leaders on the health of the product line. If you want, I can provide proof of this. I'm sending this message because I fear the health of a community I love, and I know what the leaders of Wizards of the Coast are looking at. They're delaying the rollout of the OGL changes due to the backlash. Their decision-making is based entirely on the provable impact to their bottom line. Specifically, they are looking at the D&D Beyond subscriptions and cancellations as it is the quickest financial data they currently have. And they are still hoping the community forgets, moves on, and they can still push this through. I've decided to reach out because my time at Wizards of the Coast, I have never once heard management refer to customers in a positive manner. Their communication gives me the impression they see customers as obstacles between them and their money. The D&D Beyond team was first told to prepare to support the new GL changes and online portal when they got back from the holidays, and leadership doesn't take any responsibility for the pain and stress they cause others. Leadership's first communication to the rank and file in the OGL was 30 minutes 
on 1-11-2023. This is the first time they'd even tried to communicate their intentions about the OGL to employees. And even in this meeting, they blame the community for <laughs> overreacting. So we're just going to end it there. You can look that up. Uh, it's quite uh, spread across there. And that's when the <clears throat> crap storm started. The letter got out and that's how the management views customers, obstacles to their profits. Well, that's the internal statement of an employee who is clearly very dissatisfied with these stances that they've taken. So you, you got to take that with the grain of salt. However, having tone deaf management uh, and of course, butt covering and blame casting like in no way is this like our internal decisions which we made months ago and which we have finally reached the implementation phase in no way could we have been wrong or have like <laughs> poorly thought this out uh, there is no way in which we have made a mistake that is the most common thing in the universe that is the, that is stupidium the most common element in existence yes uh, we only <laughs> run spaceships off of that. <laughs> um i i I, I have to confess that it, it's almost dull. It's almost trite the way this is a beloved company that is carrying a brand name that I've had a lifetime relationship with. But their management is made up of absolute idiots, total disconnect, uh, incredibly toxic attitude. Uh, yeah. And it's so typical. It's and that's moved on to just embarrassing. Wednesday they had they were gonna announce the OGL, what it was gonna contain. There was been silence from a lot of industry members, but there was a pushback starting. It started with uh Cobalt Press and Green Ronin and, and Frog God games and uh Necromancer games saying there no way we're gonna sign this new one point one, it's poison, we're not gonna have our content taken away from us and then monetized later by a company that doesn't seem to care about its consumers. We're here. We help them make money. They they should respect us. And some and some were starting to say like, why isn't Paizo uh, or some of the others saying anything? Well, because they had their lawyers working overtime before they they had a plan, but we would not know of it. But then Wednesday came. It was supposed to be announced at uh, twelve Pacific Standard Time noon, and it came and went nothing and they canceled the twitch stream that they were going to announce it on it was probably going to not be a live cast it was going to be a canned response but then uh, gizmodo again uh linda codega they went ahead and uh, put out an article that said that they canceled their uh twitch stream because they're in panic mode damage control is uh priority one over there because Ginny d Bless her dark heart. Um, started saying, cancel your D&D Beyond subscriptions. You won't lose what you bought. They'll keep it for a year, but send a clear, strong message to the management. This is how you do it. And that relating to that letter started a cascade of events that would culminate in an announcement Thursday, late Thursday uh, night, last night, that Paizo announces system neutral open RPG license. Can we just take a moment to say, Thank you once again, Paizo, for history repeating itself and you being there at the turn of the tide. Yeah, it's once again, <laughs> the beacons are lit. Gondor calls for aid. Uh, the and banners, Paizo. The <laughs> banners have raised, the riders of Rohim, <laughs> yeah, the Rohirrim ride once again, and behold, 
the Orc Horde is being dispersed. Yeah, and let's talk about the Orc Horde, the name of the new license, the Open Role Playing Game Content License. It could be Oracle, but the ORC, the Orc, it just, it sings. Yeah. And this is the nicest orc you've ever met. Yeah, what dark days indeed have come upon us that we can trust an orc over a wizard from the coast. Yes. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. Paizo came out swinging. They did two middle fingers raids. First, we don't believe you can deauthorize the OGL 1.8. We're, we're prepared to go argue that point in a court of law. And second, we're going to create the Open RPG Creative License, the orc, and that allows everybody to build system agnostic independent games under the banner which will be under the stewardship and legal guidance of Azora Law which was there at the beginning and then the Paizo will pay for this legal work and then they will hand it off so that no company can be bought, sold, or traded and then maybe or later on down the line decide to rescind this. Yeah, they've actually set this up to bulletproof this against themselves thereby avoiding the sin of wizards which you know, when it was WOTC creating the first OGL long ago, uh, it was a great move. It was brilliant. It worked out fantastic. Uh, it revitalized gaming and greatly energized the marketplace for everyone. And it made them a ton of money uh, since all of the new product and creativity being, cre uh, being dropped into the market tied back to their core rule books. So the enormous benefit for wizards at the time was obvious. it was so you know clear that the relationship with all the credit goes to them the rule books come from them and then people run around and do what they like with them that is the core concept of DD as it was forged long ago unfortunately well the they're trying to say they can deauthorize because it doesn't have the irrevocable content now now this one what paizo has done is they're like okay this will not be ours. After we're finished preparing this, we're handing this off third party. It's going to be independent of us uh, and it will exist whether we want anything to do with it or not. We can't go back later and change our minds. You know, it won't be us going, we are altering the deal. Yeah, it's going to have terms like irrevocable and perpetual. That's the one weakness of the original OGL. And they're inviting people to put their own game systems under this banner for perpetuity and protection so that other people can use them and not be punished for it later. That's incredible. And, you know, think what you want. I've already heard people say, well, why give Paizo power? They're just a bunch of uh, SJW liberal uh, cucks. And, okay, I hear your politics speaking, but we're going to save this right back at you. It may be a little bit more. Uh, shower argument, but they're letting it go. They're not taking any control. They're helping. And if you're going to let perfect be the enemy of good, shame on you. This is a well, time to come together. I, I gotta say, uh, creating a license that people can use and then removing it from your control is about as honest as any agency can ever get. Yeah. Okay? They're just handing it off and saying, we're not in charge of this anymore. Yeah, Azura Law is going to be the steward until they can find a permanent home for it, like the Linux Foundation. Exactly. This this is going to be set up so that they will have no influence over it afterwards. And their second middle finger raise is like, we're going to continue to publish Pathfinder, Starfinder, and uh, there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Well, yeah, especially since in their second incarnation, 
I suspect they wisely began their march yeah. away from uh, OGL1 to preserve their safety. Because, let's face it, inside the industry, uh, people, it's not a huge industry, and there's a lot of creative intersections where people affiliated with different agencies talk to one another. I'm now looking back and suspecting that Paizo understood early on, like, you know, even a few years ago, they were well aware that there was probably a move afoot to, you know, uh, alter the the OGL in some respect, or that talk was lurking around the boardrooms, and they they hadn't, you know, wizards had not yet gotten to the implementation mm -hmm. point, but the planning stages may have happened, and at that point, you know, you you see everybody scurrying for cover, going, you know, how do I legally butt cover before they try to steal ev literally everything I built a career doing. Uh, <laughs> well, as it turns out, that was a very wise choice on Paizo's part. But you can't characterize handing this off to like third party or third party foundation as like that. Oh, it's the same thing that the other guys did. No, WOTC held on to the OGL, and here they are trying to alter the deal. Uh, Paizo's setting this up not to be unalterable and away from anybody's control. Yeah. So that's a big that, thing. That is an improvement. I and mean, after that announcement, everybody's like, yeah. And okay, there's a victory lap to be taken there. But the real thing is Wizards going to continue to do this. They're going to continue to push their OGL 1. It's now 2.0. And they've kind of walked it back. Oh, we're not going to go after... Uh, we're we're gonna give a six month grace period if you sign the contract. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're gonna not gonna go after VTTs. Uh, we're gonna go there. Yeah, those are great changes, but they're without a fully updated OGL. There's no assurances that they're not gonna go back on their deal. I mean, there's a lot of things that are unenforceable. The fact that they could say that uh, using the expressions of gaming as educational and charitable institutions. Uh, even cosplay or pantomime could be copyrighted and taken away from them because it might use something that's close to their content. That's a violation of expression of speech, and that's not enforceable under any terms. And the fact that they could content grab people, and this is the most galling one, they still haven't backed away from that, that they could say, we're going to take your content and then restrict you from ever having access to it again, and we're going to use it for ourselves. They've tried to walk this back in the 2.0. They said, oh, well, that was never our intent. Yeah, I think once you cross the billion-dollar corporate mark and you have been a corporation in a publishing biz for a very long time, uh, you're not really employing lawyers who are chucklehead amateurs. Uh, the language that was placed there, I, I will give them the... There are only two possibilities. Either you're legal writing staff are complete incompetence, which I do not believe they are, No. or they are complete crooks, which I am willing to believe they are. <laughs> and it's got to be one or the other, because either everything they put in there is actually a mistake, in which case they are incompetent, or everything they put in there, they put in there for a reason, which means that they are crooks. So now, which is it? That's for you to figure out, wizards. Work it out for yourselves. But those are the only two options there is there's no middle ground here this is one of those rare moments where it is black or white it is incompetence or criminal intent which one is it and i'm prepared to deal with you 
with either one of those, if it, if they're incompetent and you're sorry, then erase all of that, throw it out, get rid of it. And if they're crooks, <laughs> fire everybody and start all over again. Start with the corporate pinhead that said, I think this is the direction of the future. Find the person who was sitting in the chair that said that and fire them. That's the answer. Like yep. you, if you cleanse the house, get the fox out of the hen house, you can walk back from this and go, okay, that's not going to happen again. We got rid of that mindset in the office. We're not going to be that toxic anymore. Come on back. And hey, look, if Wizards wants to clamp down on control of D&D 1, I'm all for that. But quit trying to ruin the rest of the industry. And also, have a sense that, yeah, they've also walked back the royalties thing. But I think that's kind of like a peace offering. But the deal's still on the table. The the indications are they're going to go ahead with the OGL 2.0 now. Yeah, they're gonna. They're trying to rebrand it, and they're failing badly. It's almost comical. Yeah, the prevailing sentiment at the moment, uh, with what few indicators we're able to get, since they're really clammed up in panic mode, and they're not really, they're not forthcoming with information. So it's it's very hard to get accurate info out of them. What seems to be the current consensus is that, in this panic mode. There is still no intention to abandon ship and walk back from this. It is how do we get to a place where we get what we want uh, while not looking as bad as we look right now. All right. Yeah, it's all spin. a horrible mindset. Yeah, it's all spin at this point. So don't worry. We're going to keep you up to date. We're going to have oncoming coverage of this on our Facebook page as well as on here. We're going to start having a little segment about what's up with the OGL as things develop because it's worth talking about but i think we've said enough and also our time's running out so we're done so we're gonna get with hashtag dungeon 23 so stick around and we're back yeah hey oh well yeah, whirlwind tour of what's been going on last weekend. There's a lot more to cover. Again, see our Facebook page, uh, the Dice is Screaming. Yeah, we would have covered a great deal more. There, there's so much. There are so many minute aspects of this that bear examination. But we also wanted to get back to our promised topic. Uh, otherwise, the Alveromancer is a broad and a liar. Right. So let's visit him. What's going to be for our next podcast? He has no idea. You no, know, he has no idea. Yeah. So it's going to be a complete surprise next week. Oh, no. It's actually going to be Desert of Desolation. We're going to be taking a look at a super module from the AD&D first edition days. It was actually comprised of several little modules. So we're just going to throw that in there. Almost a mini campaign. So Yeah. And they actually form it in the book. So we're going to have a look at that next week. So look forward. Desert of Desolation. Desolation. All right. So that's going to be our topic for next week. We're going to go with that. They'll work. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that works. Okay. So, yeah, we're off to the races right away. Yeah, so, yeah, we're not talking about OGO content, but we have to make mention of this. Now that we've got some breathing room, we can get back to what we're talking about. Because, really, there was a sort of Damocles holding almost everybody's attention hostage. And, you know, when this happened back with the addition, uh, announcement of 4th edition. The sword of Damocles is hanging over my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh. We didn't have the social media engagement that we did now. Oh, when the fourth edition first came out. Look, 
I'm going to be frank, the internet was there. Uh, internet groups were yeah. there. Internet publishing was there. All of the proto forms of this stuff were present, but they were not as overwhelmingly influential and important as they are today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that, that's a big difference. Uh, yeah, and this is, was literally changing by the minute. When yeah. one announcement would come out, this event happened, and then somebody would cover it, and then there was a YouTube video or a pod, uh, a V blog about it. everybody was reacting to this. And it's been really good that the one thing that we said originally was Wizards United Us in a way that we could not be done before. So thank you, Wizards, for being a bunch of asshats and crooks. But yeah, uh, look, I don't think it could have happened any other way because. Uh, we are an exceedingly diverse group of characters with a wildly divergent uh, types of needs and wants as a community. Okay, the gaming community is fractious by nature and always has been. It's always been that way. We've always argued amongst ourselves over the you know primacy of this game versus that game, this system versus that system, uh, this entertainment product versus that entertainment product. Arguing about stuff is literally in our collective genes however the impossible has happened and we've all gathered together and gone no this this sucks this is our our prince's bride remake moment where like the right. internet gathered as one and said don't do this you know we, this will end badly for we you we will destroy you <laughs> so yeah everybody talks about great white sharks being a menace right you yeah. know like, how many people do they kill a year maybe <laughs> what five six but hippopotamuses, oh, look, they're just chonky water horses. No, they kill an estimated 300 people a year, if not more, yeah. in their environments. They are, and they're not meat eaters primarily. No, they're just angry, you know, well, they, they also know that- They're water pigs. Yeah, they're, they're basically giant burgers, okay? The, the nature views them as a giant snack. So their whole attitude is, I will totally flatten you before anything bad happens to me. So yeah, actually, you know, yeah. So yeah, the gamers are <laughs> like hippopotamus. We look harmless on the outside. <laughs> look at they're just but big. A, but a stampeding herd of us is actually something. Or a single about. one is just nasty when cornered, and that's what happens. They pop out on that. I am the raccoon of gamers. You know, I, I'm mostly awake at night. Um, <laughs> I'm a little on the chubby side. I eat a lot of trash. And I will fight you if I have to. <laughs> and also probably rabbit. Uh, so yeah, get back to it. Why are we having this conversation? Well, Dungeon 23, when it was first announced, it seemed like a great way to start off the new year. Yeah, what a hopeful, beautiful way to start the new year. A concept that basically outlined mass participation uh, for no greater cause okay no no greater there's no profit in this there's not it's just an idea it was a communally shared idea but like hey a lot of people out there who've never designed a major dungeon never designed a game never designed a campaign setting and so here's an opportunity for you to participate in a group and communications with the rest of the group as you design one room to the project, dungeon, starship, planet, whatever, you know, encounter of your choice. One thing a day, every day, and then the next level is each month. So at the end of the year, you have 
365 things spread across 12 levels. So, uh, I, I gotta say, uh, ambitious. Uh, a lot of people, you know, may not keep up on that. If you're familiar with the Writer's Month in November, the NaNoWriMo, uh-huh. uh, yeah. write more in November. Terrific idea that. Well, this was that for D&D creativity, for well, role-playing and, and RPGs in general. To So let's bring new people to Well, yeah, but we can get into that. Stuff. Well, let's break it down for the listeners. If you haven't heard about it, hashtag Dungeon 23 was basically every month's design one room and uh, each month a new level. So you're going to have, at the end of this, 30 some odd rooms uh, um, on 12 different levels. And those 12 different levels are going to give you a different type of experience. Maybe you can change one level. Like this is going to be the aquatic level and this one's going to be the fire dungeon level. You know, you can do weird stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it's open. Yeah, yeah, but there's no format for this. But you can also expand it outwards, like as Mike is talking about, to different terrains. You could have like 20 or 12 12 different Gamma World encounters on a factory building. Uh, your 12 different terrain types. Oh, um, yeah. You could, uh, you know, begin with, uh, for the first two months, you're moving through the deserts of the south. And then yep. for the next two months, you're you're moving through the uh, plains and flatlands. Uh, and then for the next two months, you're moving through the forests. In the next two months, you're moving through mountainous terrain. And then in the last two months, you're moving through the terrifying Arctic hell. You know, <laughs> you can string these together however you like. Any concept is valid. Any system is valid. All of this is meant to be completely neutral and open to all gamers. But the point, the thrust, was to get people to generate their own stuff and to get comfortable with it and talk about it with other people. Sometimes our creations are so private to us. Sometimes our creations, you know, are we, we feel intimidated by how much better someone else oh well yours was cooler don't think like that you know yours is cool is because it's yours okay uh, if you don't feel confident about it yeah oh maybe you do need to sharpen some skills maybe you need to be exposed to a wider variety of things before you feel really comfortable with your creative process but don't poo-poo yourself you know like don't go mine has no value this is a great tool for that to introduce creativity and writing your own material to a lot of people. And I, I'm a big fan of the idea itself. It's a little passe for me because like, I've been I've been scribbling stuff down for 35 years. Yeah, we were, when we were initially talked about doing this episode, we were kind of saying, hey, uh, you know, that's kind of old hat to us. But since then I've been reconsidering and uh, I've even thought about like, hey, I'm just gonna do 12 different games. 30 uh, situations for 12 different games. So I'm going to be uh, starting that out. But we also uh, batted back and forth, and this is where you listeners like you come in, of doing a collective of me and Mike uh, sharing um, tasks, like him doing 15 rooms or so a month. And uh, we decide what level is based on our uh, um, listener input. You want to see us do a, a traditional old school Dungeons and Dragons type, uh, uh, classic Dungeons and Dragons type with the OSC rules tied on? Uh, do you want to see us do something like that? Would you like us to see do, uh, 12 different game systems or ideas for different parts of a game world, like a terrain or 
Yeah, and don't be intimidated by the fact that we're like 12, 13 days into this because uh, believe me, we can catch up. Like I, I can do like opening dungeon design in like that. We're, <laughs> we're, we're not talking about a major commitment on my part. Yeah, I mean, one a day you is tell a little me what pressure. You want, and I can have that ready in about 40 minutes. So <laughs> that's that's really... Yeah, we can catch this up Very real old fast. DMs, like a, me and a graph, a piece of graph paper and an open notepad and like this... But there, that totally happened. And I, I won't even have finished my coffee before I'm done. Right. And we can talk about that. Uh, we'd be interested to get some feedback. So as it does seem that Anchor has disabled a few options lately, uh, it's getting a little harder for us to communicate through this platform and to speak on this openly. Uh, we miss you and your voices. Joe, Jason, Brock, buddies. Lyriot, all of you, all of you, everyone we have ever spoken to, we miss your voices very much. So if you haven't taken the plunge, yeah, it's uh, social media. I get it. Some people, it's not for you. But, you know, do it for us. Just just create a Facebook account. Call yourself Scrambled Eggs and, you know, just like us on the Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we've enjoyed every single call we've ever had and uh, that is something that it like it's a painful absence but we do enjoy talking to you online and getting your messages and you know yeah we had a lot of good engagements i had a lot of people uh, cheering us on like hey thanks for covering this so i did i missed that oh wow you know uh one person said uh you know with the face of all that has been happening that we were able to reach out to a great deal of people. And I said, uh, one of our listeners said, well, where can I get uh, updates on all this stuff? And I said, just tune into our Facebook page. We'll be providing you with plenty of content. Oh, yeah, we intend to, you know, continue. Um, even if, uh, you know, there may not be a lot of the Indie One product getting covered. Uh, well, know. yeah, going forward, yeah. yeah that, you I'm, pretty much know where this is going. Yeah. I, so, but... If you really want to know what's going on in the rest of the gamosphere and have a peek at some of the terrific products that are being released by companies other than WOTC, we have already been on that bandwagon and we will continue to be yeah, on that we, bandwagon. We definitely cover people we like and support. That's our followers, so we encourage everybody to follow them. We're following all of the uh, current leaders right now on our Facebook page. We only have 17 people we follow, but we have a lot more that follow us. And it also is connected to me and Mike accounts, and Mike will be doing writing and stuff for you. So we can show you our work in progress each week. We can also demonstrate uh, what we do. So we would probably, let, let's hash it out. So if we had to do something with no input whatsoever, and this is just going to be our default, what, what do you think we should do for Dungeon 23, for 2023? Oh, me, myself? Oh, both of us working together. I'd love to do something more in the old school essentials zone. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah, so, so like starting with uh, very much sticking to the core concept, uh, the the most familiar. I'd love to go off on a tangent and do some wild, crazy, like multi-terrain, you know, things like that. But how about we just design like 365 <laughs> room, you know, 12 level <laughs> dungeon. Yeah. Uh, and you know it's it's 30 or, well between 28 and 31 rooms per month yeah we'll have a uh, but further to put a little more impetus on us to make it uh, a little tougher paradigm uh we level the months 
I would love to do you know, like you know, first month we're dealing with the level one stuff. Okay, this great. is the amateur room. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Amateur hour in here? Yeah. Uh, you know, we have that level one. This is for the newbies. The the first levelers are toddling through the dungeon, you know, in their pampers. Oh, look. They got their little under armor and their the tiny little swords. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, look at the little And the goblin kills them. <laughs> no. Uh, and then level two, of course, level three, level four, level five. Uh, so that they are each keyed to the level of appropriate danger for characters of that actual level. All right. So what we're going to do then, our first challenge is come up with a name for this and a little bit of lore. I'll uh, We'll bounce my ideas back and forth and we'll have it to you by next podcast. So we're going to also put that in our segment starting up where we're at with Dungeon 23. So you can follow us along and we'll also take some pictures and uh, share them on our Facebook page. Yeah, homemade maps. Uh, done in the traditional style, which is like with a piece of graph paper. Yeah. And like, you know, I, I suppose we could split like 15 days me, 15 days yeah. you. And that way there's continuity where one end stops and then the next person picks up and takes it over. All right. Yeah. So it should be low pressure. Um, and we'll have a little wandering encounter tables and some background lore of, oh, yeah, wandering encounter. Wandering damage has attacked. You encounter... <laughs> Six points of damage. What? I don't know. It's just, a, it's a thing. It happened. <laughs> I don't even understand what the context of this is. A, a, a hydra fell out of a rock. What? I, they do that? You make no sense. <laughs> Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. There's no crying at the table. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, a lot of people have really taken this to full, and with this whole kerfuffle going on right now, the last thing that people need is to be taken out of their safe spaces. I think a reason why a lot of people have uh, kind of abandoned some uh, some of these projects is because, well, wizards attacked. Yeah. I mean, they basically said, hey, you like playing D&D? Well, let's... Fireball! Let's change that. Uh, put some uncertainty in everybody's soup. <laughs> well, here. It's just, you know, huh, yeah. And yeah, we were talking about the OGL again. I think it's important to refocus. We do this for fun. We do this for creativity. And if, you know, you like what uh, we do here, we can also branch out and show some of our skill. Now, just doing some of the classic stuff, sure. Let us show you our skills of an artist. Yes. <laughs> we shall show you our crappy drawing skills on a piece of craft paper. I, would... I once had some great talent. Dragon. I can do some tattoos and uh, uh, design work, but... People has eluded me for quite a while. I never, I had a, a brief time where I was good at it, but uh, that was because you have to constantly practice. Hard work is, art is work. Well, I, I, I loved your uh, little simple illustrations for the uh, trio team in Warhammer. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, you had uh, your elf, uh, elf, my dwarf, and I believe it was uh, Steve Polly's uh, Road Warden. You or know, no, uh, Bounty Hunter. Well, he had. He graduated from Road Warden to Bounty Hunter. But the three of us, <laughs> a trio of doom. Elf Outlaw, Dwarf Troll Slayer, and Human Bounty Hunter gone. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a thing. <laughs> that was a good time. You had, you had the best little illustration for them, though. It's, yeah, I know. It was, that, what was it? The, the Chaos Professionals? Yeah, chaos <laughs> Called professionals. the Chaos Professionals. <laughs> Have a problem with chaos? We'll eradicate it. <laughs> we'll kill it, kill it dead. 
no what was it no job too small no fee too large yeah <laughs> from the ghostbusters but love that so yeah uh dungeon 23 yeah we're just gonna uh plant the seed here and see how it blossoms um yeah we're looking forward to doing this because uh honestly we would have announced it and done it last week but we had exploding new news uh, uh, that kept delaying us uh, and we even put like the first half of this podcast to continue and update on the project of course expect a portion of that next week there we yeah we're going to keep it down updates. to 10 15 minutes yeah we will try to include current news updates uh in every episode but to diminish the length of podcast that they take up so that we can really focus on our primary material. Right. And uh, Desert Desolation, I'm going to send Mike home with my copy tonight so he can uh, get that down. Because I don't own that one. Right. Uh, well, it was like three modules. Oh, jeez. Uh, that was a big thing. But, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, yeah, we're just playing the seeds here. So there's not a lot of meat on this uh, topic. No, no. But, but we're just going to have... Conceptually... <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, my love for it uh, emerges out of the kind of training ground aspect that this has. Uh, and it's weird the way this happened to come out before uh, Wizards decided to, you know, <laughs> hurl dynamite at their own feet and blast themselves into smithereens. Uh, and all the while blaming everybody else for it. You know, this is not me! <laughs> Uh, sorry, dude. Like, it is absolutely you. There is no way out of that. Um, <laughs> this was totally your fault. Nobody else brought the dynamite. Nobody else lit the fuse. Nobody else threw it at their own feet. Nobody else blew themselves to smithereen. That was all you. That is 100% you. That is the rest of us back here looking at you do this and going, that is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Why would you do that? That's that's our role in this. We're You're not, you're not the victim here. We are not inflicting this. Oh, upon you mean you. like our uh, meme meme war we were having last <laughs> night with uh, Anakin in episode three? You turned them against me. You did that to yourself. Nice, <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, I love Dungeon Twenty Three because uh, it encourages exactly the kind of self activity, the you know self involvement, the self engagement, where players master skills uh, in terms of getting the most out of their creativity, uh, coming down to right. specifics. It's one thing to have a grand theme that is vaguely similar to a novel that is stuck rattling around in your head. Very common complaint from a lot of people who want to be creative is that oh, I couldn't, like, it, it's like I can't get it down onto paper, you know, I, I can't get it down to nuts and bolts. Hey, this is the kind of training ground for you then, because it starts with something very, very simple. A single room. How wonderfully uncomplicated is that? You know, you, you haven't got a huge overarching mega plot pulling your brain away at this point. You got one room. Get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Or go to work and come home and feel like you're about to chill. And for a few minutes before you get on the computer or play your favorite game or, you know, what have you. A few minutes, make one room. Or they'll have to have a monster in every encounter. room either. One encounter. That, that could be it. You know, it, it could be just a room that has nothing in it. Or it could be one encounter or one terrain, one scenario, one one happenstance like 
Oh, it is raining all over the player characters. Your gear is getting wet. <laughs> you know, it, it can be anything, anything at all. But you create one thing that is yours per day. And sure, it might be a trope. It might be familiar. But that one is yours. You made that. And then you move forward from there. And that whole one step at a time process, that is a terrific, outstanding training ground. Because let's be honest, even like the two hoary bearded elders, that's how we started. Right. That It's what we did. Uh, An empty you, sheet of paper, notebook paper. If you want the Stranger Things, what was it like in 1984 uh, learning to play Dungeons and Dragons? That's it. That is that experience is sitting down with a piece of graph paper and a notepad or in your case, a PC and like some design yeah. statics. That's what it was. One room at a time. Love so, it. So we're going to get a composition notebook to start handing out for each level. Probably just gonna and we'll go. move back and forth. Yeah. All right. All right. So. so when I get home today, I will begin 15 rooms, level one. And we'll see where that goes. All right. And we'll bring the progress up. And he'll have a map. And each one will be mapped. And I'll ink it out for you. And then we'll oh, be wow. able to copy it and uh, send it out. It should surprise no one that, like, yes, I have actual graph paper at home. At oh, home. yeah. I've got I haven't been without it. Neither of us have been without graph paper for decades. I'll get my fine-tuned ink pens, or fine-point ink pens to work. Finally. Oh, your skills of an artist. Your skills of an artist. So, all right. Well, that's what we're going to do. So next week we'll have a report of what the name of this place is. It's obviously going to be a mega dungeon, but we're going to each come up with a little bit of lore and share it with the, with you and each other. So you'll be here for it. So that's going to be our little 10-minute, uh, I think, our going forward. We're going to talk about what's our Dungeon 23 for 2023. All right. Well, I think we've talked this enough, and we're kind of starting to ramble on as we always do but before we get off on too much on the beaten path yeah we've already mentioned our facebook page like it uh, you can also support us in various ways uh we don't have a patreon yet i've been bugged about this several times so i might finally get off my duff and actually do something about it um but if you want to support us directly the anchor app has a uh, monthly support so if you have some money and no way we're begging we do this for fun we're going to be there so no obligation no pressure just if you feel like it and that's how you want to support us great if you just enjoy listening content continue on your uh, participation and your listens and likes help us and so that also provides us with some monetization as well but uh since we both support each other through various other means, this is not our sole means of support, and nor no. will it ever be. Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to happen no matter what. Right. Uh, we're here for you, folks. We, we appreciate support, but uh, you know, this we're painted is, head pats and this, uh, handshakes. So. Yeah, uh, this is our passion project. Uh, this is our fun. So, you know, that ain't going to change. All right, then. Well, we'll wrap it up and spare years further abuse from us. So, until the next time. May the dice always roll in your favor. We're out. See ya.